We now continue Second Shift Season 2, Episode 12, Revelation. This episode is split across two files. If you haven't listened to the first file, please go back and listen to that one first. Otherwise, you're going to be very confused. Copyright 2009, Blue Sky Red Design. We must take direct action. Force is the only thing these people understand. I know, Targo. I was one of them. Duh! Violence is your solution to all things, Rungrot. Indeed, it does seem to be the only language you understand. I understand the need for wisdom and patience as well as any. But there is a time for action, and now is that time. It was not we who struck the first blow. Oh, and here it is again. Do you believe you are the only one saddened by your sister's death? That we do not grieve as well? Were she here, she would counsel the same course I do. Her murder was not a blow at the hunters. It may have not been intended as an attack on us, yet it was precisely that. And now that they know of us, Dita's death will be but the first. The brothers, the legion, even fringe groups such as the cult of the mother grow even more jealous of their powers and secrets. They will not abide us. This has become a battle for survival. And so we should throw aside caution and strike wildly, blindly, for what? Would you have us all become martyrs? Or perhaps you are so blinded by the need for revenge that... Enough! I seek enough these arguments, to and fro and back again with no end for months. Our numbers swell daily, yet your feud could tear all this apart. Without an agreed-upon path, what good are any of our efforts? For once, I agree. Soldiers require orders. Then so away, Rungrat. We are scholars, not soldiers. Cease this, both of you! But... Targo... Would you grant us a moment, Senjen? Very well. He is infuriating. Plamaluna. He is your friend, Rungot. Must you two argue so violently? I simply wish him to see reason. As we gather strength, our enemies begin to notice us. We must use our small size, our anonymity, to our advantage while we can. I know both of you abhor bloodshed, but we must not shy from all the tools at our disposal. I know this, yet he is correct. The vast majority of us are not warriors, and as Targo often says, throughout history, violence leads to nothing but more violence. Targo says! What would you have us do, Zana? Sit with Orin and ask him to stop dominating people? Send polite letters to the university requesting that they stop filling the people's minds with propaganda and misinformation? Do not condescend to me, Rungrot. I know that words alone cannot solve all problems. That is the very reason I left the Seekers. But there is a time for such acts as you suggest, and Targo does not... I do not believe that time is now. And... I think your sister would have agreed. I see. Plamaluna. Would you leave me for a moment? I must prepare for tonight's meeting. Of course. Since the passing of Dita, nothing was the same. Rungrot, who had always been a fiery, passionate man, was nearly consumed by his anger. And Targo, I do not know what was in his mind. He would not share and often would leave on his own for days at a time, at times returning with an enticing scrap of information or a useful artifact. 
but never telling others where he had been. As for myself, between the constant fighting of my oldest friend and my... my doki Muna, and handling the daily management of the ever-growing hunters, I was becoming exhausted. I no longer even had time for the discourse and new learning that were my drive for creating the hunters in the first place. I told myself that if I persevered, we would be able to overcome the loss of Dita and our change in roles. And perhaps if my will had been firmer, that would have been the case. Yet, no, I suspect what happened was inevitable. Zana, I have found it. This is remarkable. Welcome back, Targo. After so long, I did not think I should actually find such a thing. Yet I did. I am well. Grandy for asking. And in such an obvious place. I am amazed no others have been able to find it. In the end, it was so simple. Zana? Zana, you seem unwell. Overwhelmed, Targo. We shall either have to begin throwing aside new members, or somehow acquire a cache of buried wealth. I am at wit's end. Well then, perhaps my discovery will revitalize you. <sighs> Very well. What is it? The final piece of the puzzle, Zana. Erendi. Erendi? The ruined city itself. I have found mention of a secret library, one concerning certain ancient mysteries. Perhaps the very reason Oren sacked the city 700 years ago. A 700-year-old secret library. You taunt me. Surely such a thing would be long lost to time or treasure seekers. I do not believe so. The precautions the Sovereign of Erendi took were astonishing. For months now I have been searching for information on this, but only now, after putting together all the pieces, have I found real proof of its existence. And not only its existence, but its exact location. That is wonderful. Yet, what do you expect to find there? <laughs> this is what you shall truly love. Supposedly, this library contains the location of the Hand of Doro. And there it was, the very reason Tarko and I left on this journey. Not the Hand specifically, of course. What a chance to uncover an old myth and reveal the truth to all. And of course, we firmly believe that whatever we found would change the world for the better. How are we to know that some truths are best forgotten? Targo spoke of little else than journeying to the ruins of Erendi and discovering this knowledge. Yet Rungot would have none of this. He was not convinced by Targo's evidence, and he did not want to commit people who could otherwise pursue more certain goals. It was Targo who first suggested, in anger, that if Rungot was uninterested, that perhaps he and I would go alone. This only worsened our bickering and, ironically, made this option all the more appealing. As you know, Ultimately, Targo and I parted ways with Rungot to seek out our prize. I promised him that I would return. Targo, however, made no such promise. From there, our journey continued for the most part, as I told you at the cabin. What I did not tell you was that after we had embarked on this journey, I discovered I was with child. When we passed back over the mountains that scraped the stars, we returned to Laundi. There, Targo and I parted. 
he had no interest in rejoining the hunters, and though I did not know what I wanted, I was determined my child be born in Valia. Of course, as often happens, the child had its own opinion, and you were born on the journey. I named you for my dear friend, and your aunt, D. Parado Fai? What? Yes, Dita. You are the child of my womb. Shishwa. D. Do not touch me! Finish your story. Rungot's welcome to me was not warm, but his reaction to you, truly, was love at first glance. This was a great relief. Not only to see you find a loving father, but to see that a man filled with anger still had room for love. I realized my place was no longer with the hunters, nor with Rungot. Yours was. I left you amongst the love of a father and all the hunters, yet my guilt remained. I would not be there to lend my strength to your own as all good parents should. And so, though you were but an infant, I felt you would need a whole name. One with strong roots to keep you grounded in the life to which I left you. Rungot agreed with the sentiment, if not my decision to leave. And so you became Dita. Having found the truce I sought in unexpected places, I felt it was time for me to make a life for myself. And after many more travels, my path led me back to Landi. I sought out my old friend, only to discover Tago had become Tagono, happily wed to the very woman he sought to escape those years before. No doubt he was as surprised that he found comfort and happiness in the life he abandoned as I was. In truth... Circumstances carried him into the founding of the Hunters of Truth. His intent had always been adventure, and I believe he realized that. He felt he had to stray from his old life in order to see it was his rightful path. He admitted to me that he thought founding this group had been a mistake. Too late, I share his sentiment. By exchanging some treasures, I found an old Arendi for spices and perfumes, and by exchanging those for a coin and Landi, I started a small bakery, which blossomed into what you all know as honest big pies. I was surprised to find that it was a comfort, even a joy, to surrender myself to simple labor after so long. It was profitable as well, but until Mike showed me the art of spending money to make money, I kept only enough to live and sustain my business. Every spare teal I sent to Rungot anonymously, fooling myself into believing the money would assuage my guilt for abandoning you and the hunters. Dita, I know this must be exceedingly difficult for you to hear, yet you must know that my sole intent was to grant you a better life. Senjin... Do not think you were ever unwanted. I think I am finished listening to you. That is what I think. Zana. Yes, Vesmer. You are a very different woman than I imagined you to be. 
Mike, Arkan, Jared, will you allow me a word alone with Kate, Sanjin? Zana, but, uh... Shishwa. Yeah, of course. Chagrindio Fai, my children. Here, Arkan, let me... Chagrindi. Mike, you have a strong heart. Your passion and drive have served you well. Try not to let the world diminish your best qualities. Thank you, Meek, you repel your trials like water of the feather of the foot the hand. In Boston, I had often wished it were so for me. Arkan, your endurance has always put mine to shame. I have never doubted your ability to survive. Shishwa, why would... Come, it is time for us to depart. Jared, take care of the others, Sanjan. Though you may doubt yourself, you are a leaderboard. And others will defer to your guidance. Be strong. As you say. When the time comes and he questions my thoughts of him, tell Vesmer I paid his words no heed. I am certain he knows. We will be just outside, Keith. Shigrendi, Jareth. Dita, wait! Is this all some game to you? What? My life! Do you delight in keeping these secrets from me when I have kept nothing of myself from you? Do you enjoy tearing apart what little I have left? All of this is just as much a surprise to me as it is to you. Senjin, let me talk to you. What do I have left, Fez? What truth is there left for me to hold on to? What? I know. I cannot. I cannot do this. Come here, Dee. Do not be afraid to cry. But I cannot stay longer. You are strong, Dee. That is one reason I admire you so. Yet there is no shame in grief. Oh, Lesmer. So, uh, should we... Leave them be. It is not our place to interfere. Zana... Ill dreams have often troubled her. Yet I never imagined such things as these. I... I do not know what to think. Yeah, and apparently that's not even all of it. Keith, I am glad you chose to remain. It shows in you a growth of spirit. Yeah, well, I guess there's a lot I need to know, and so much I need you to know. Gate, have you not listened to my tale? Oh, I've listened, all right. Zana, you are, to me, you made us think you were infallible. Someone we, I, could look to for advice. 
You claim that your whole life has been spent in the pursuit of truth, and now we find it's been filled with deception and pretense. What are we supposed to believe? Keith, you must understand. I was a mere child when I joined the Seekers of Truth. I led a fairly cloistered adolescence, and when I was on the cusp of maturity, I left to travel the world for ideals with Targulani. I did not have the benefit of a mentor, just books filled with the vagaries of the old and the Vainorum. I wish for you to hear my reason. Once you reached wise old maturity, you could have chosen to stop lying, to advise on the basis of your mistakes. You could have confided in me. I entreat you to hear one story in addition, Kate. One that I wish to confide in you. Only then will I accept your judgment of me. Sanjan. Then... Then there's more? Yes, Fuluna. There is more. After we found the information we sought in Oderendi, Targo and I returned to Laudi to make use of the libraries of Terentenity and Rhymere. Traveling together, exploring Erendi, deciphering that ancient book. It was all wonderful, a return to more innocent times, when we looked at all things with wide-eyed amazement and passion, including each other. We finally became more than friends on that journey. Yet Laundi changed that, reminded us that we were not the naive youths who had left. I suspect Targo learned of the pain his abrupt departure had caused his family, his friends, and particularly his betrothed. But he kept these revelations to himself. I learned, or rather my suspicions were confirmed, that I was pregnant. I, too, kept my revelation secret. Once we resumed travel, our sense of wonder was gone, yet our passion for knowledge drove us still onward. Where before we passed our time in friendly debate or in deciphering ancient writings, now our time was spent in silence and reflection. Finding myself alone with my thoughts was an unbalancing experience, and brought many worrying truths about myself to light. Truths, for once, I did not care to know. Ultimately, as you know, we discovered the tower containing the Hand of Doro. We both wanted to delve at secrets immediately, yet the difficult journey had taxed us. We made camp and attempted to rest, yet for me, sleep did not come. Our prize was too close. I could no longer wait. I steeled myself and, swaddled in protective clothing, entered the dizzying heat of the tower. I could not say what I expected to see, but it was not that empty room and the lone dice in the center. A crude stone thing supporting a living flame. A human hand, burning fiercely yet perfectly intact, held in place by a glowing metal spike. It was a staggering sight. The story was not a partial truth, some long distorted metaphors we had been convinced. 
My mind was truly blank, and suddenly I was overcome with a sensation of dread and suffering greater than even the heat. It was Doro's pain that I felt, trapped in the world of the living, knowing only eternal agony. I do not know how I knew this to be true, only that it was. A combination of horror, curiosity, and pity overwhelmed me. I stumbled forward, the heat inconsequential to me now, and the hands began to twitch, to writhe terribly, futilely, against its savage restraint. Without a thought, I reached out and took hold of the metal spike. It was fortunate I had donned heavy leather gloves before entering the tower, for had I not, my hands would have been horribly scarred. I pulled it free with surprising ease and dropped it to the floor. The hand flexed, experimentally. Its fingers felt calmly at the hole and I realized in amazement that there was an intelligence at work. Slowly, I reached into the flames again and touched it. Immediately, the hand seized my own with a fierce, strong grip. As I stumbled backwards, mute in terror, my glove began to smolder and to burn. I tore at the thing with my free hand, but I could not dislodge it. The heavy, glowing smoke of burning leather stung my eyes and filled my nose and throat. I fell to the ground, gasping and weeping. As the last of my glove burned away, I tried to brace myself for the pain, but it did not come. Instead, I felt a cool breeze wash over me, and the sensation of a smooth hand touching my own. Hesitating, I looked down. The disembodied hand clutching my own was no longer a flame. Its dusky skin was actually quite cool, though most certainly alive. It relaxed its grip, though it did not let go. I stared, amazement, banishing terror. What was I witnessing? Somehow, I held the hand of Doro and was uninjured by what had occurred. It may not have been what I expected to find, but I, we, had found it. And then the hand tightened its grip, and a shiver of heat crawled to my body. Greasy, ashen fingers clutched at my mind, and a desiccated voice echoed silently in my ears. Ah, yes, a thing, not pain, a mind. I thank you. Oh? How long I am a part need your mind. What are you... Discomfort. Oh, ah. Ah, I feel much history in your mind. <clears throat> this is good. So much time. So much change. Yet so much stasis. You... You are truly... Doro! Doro? 
Yes, that is the name you know me by. I apologize for the roughness of my touch. Zana. I have been so long without contact with another mind. So long. How is this possible? You... Uh... I see in your mind the stunted thing the art has become. A plaything of scholars. Bah! Are you a scholar, Zana? Or a warrior? I... I do not know. Ah. You have attempted both. Now you fear you are neither. How do you know this? <laughs> that was a foolish question. Ah. Set my hand upon the dais, Zana. There is potential in you, or you would not have freed me. You have hunger. That is good. To what end have you sought me? Can you not simply take this from my mind? Tell me. I wish to know truth. And that is all? You gambled your life to prove a theory? Ha! Uh, you fool yourself, Zanna. What would you have done if you had found what you sought? This archive of secrets. I... I would have used them to... You would have used them? How? I do not know. You seek forgotten truths? Lost arts? Yes. You seek to re-examine the old ways? Yes. You seek to understand the present through the past? Yes. You seek to change things? Yes. You seek the power to make your world a better place? Yes, power. The masses need guidance. They do. They cannot help it. All their lives, the powerful have taken their liberties, restricted their free will. Oh, but you would not do this. No. They must be shown that they matter. Can you do this, Zana? Can you provide the gentle hand to shepherd? The closed fist to lead? I... I do not... Or do you too need guidance? Do you too need to learn of strength, of power? I do. And thus you have sought me, sought my power, sought my guidance. Yes. Then I shall provide it. You... you will? I am but a shard, a fragment of my greater whole. I long to teach you, Zana, of my art, of the old ways. Chakrindiofai. You are the one who freed me, the one who removed that accursed spike. Where is it? It is here. Uh, take it up. Yes. It has grown cool. You would have me teach you, Zana? Yes. Then you must promise me something. Yes. You must promise to obey me, as any pupil would their teacher. I... I cannot teach you unless you accept my lessons. I will. Good. Then let us have your first lesson now. You came here with another. I can sense him, sleeping not far from here. Yes? Rouse him, and as he wakes, you must take the spike you hold and drive it into his heart. What?! This is the most important lesson of the old ways. Change, real change, has a steep price, and it is always paid in blood. But he's my dearest friend. I cannot simply murder him. 
Ah, so it is the act that troubles you. Then a choice will be sufficient. Choice? A life must be lost, Zana. Our covenant demands it. But why should... You dare question me! Choose, Zana. Choose the life that shall be taken. Your friend or your unborn child. No. What? You gave to me your word! If this is what your lessons require, then I do not accept your choices. I will not choose! Then you are a fool! A weak, soft fool! You need me! No! I reject your teaching! You seek the old ways? The way of strength? Of absolute power? These are my teachings! This is what I am! I am the old ways! Then I reject you! I do not need you! You gave your word and I will have it! I will have death from you, Zanna! Your weakness shall prove your downfall! And before your last hours, I will find you and force you to make a sacrifice! You cannot avert this! You cannot hide! We are bound and you shall never escape me! And so I ran. I did not tell Targo what had happened. I told him no more than I told you around the campfire. Once I made my choice and refused Doro, I surrendered any chance at power and significance. My life, as I had imagined it, was over, and a new one about to begin. I gave up my daughter so that I would never love her. I pushed Targo away and did not stop him when he left Forlandi alone. I would never be able to choose their deaths after I had chosen to let them live. For years I avoided love. I avoided making friends and maintained the distance from my employees, choosing instead to bury myself in my newfound arts. Fishing, cooking, writing. As you know by now, in time my resolve wavered, and those under my employ became a family of sorts. I finally stopped running, and allowed myself to love. And it has brought me, well, here. Zana, I... I'm not sure I understand. All my life, I have kept this secret. Even if I had desired to share it with another, I feared I could not, lest they share my fate. But that time by the lake... Had I not imbibed so much Sorena in Targo? Targonone's cabin. I might not have shared even that a bridge tale. Yet, I supposed... What harm could there be? Three of you were to leave soon, allowing the rest to return to the way things were before. That is not what happened. Foolish Zana, right into his trap. Zana? Nothing, Kate. Merely a passing notion. But why tell me this? Only me. 
Many reasons, not the least of which, I suppose, was the look in your eyes. Your disappointment in me. I always thought I would carry this last tale to my grave. However, I arrived there. Yet, as I had this chance, and you were willing, perhaps my story will do some good. But what do I tell the others? You will tell them what they need to hear, Kate. The whole story may be more than they need to know. Particularly, Dita, I have caused her so much ill. The last thing she needs now is more painful revelations. She'll understand. I doubt she can stay mad at you forever. Whatever ire she has towards me is deserved. And there is much in that story that would only bring pain. Is Targanane her... Uh, seeing her grown, I would suppose so. At the time, I felt that her place was with Rungrot, and it seems that I was correct. Her father loved her, and I can see that she loved him. Then what are you afraid that she'll find out? That when Dora presented his choice... I very nearly agreed. Uh, oh. <coughs> Zana, I'm going to get some help. <laughs> no, indeed. There is still much to say, and it cannot wait. <laughs> Simply give me more of that vile concoction no moose called medicine. Zana, you need to rest. You should conserve your strength. I can come back when... No, Kate. Our time together swiftly dwindles. I know it looks bad, but there's the healer, and... Zana, you can't speak as if you won't get better. I know I will not. Zana! When the hand drew close last night... It spoke to me, as it did in that tower. It presented me the opportunity to take the pact I previously shunned. But that was too... Yes, I chose Doru's way. Rungrod's life was... Rungrod's life was forfeit the moment he wielded the hand for violent purposes, and the fire that consumed him was of his own making. A choice he had made many silver nights past, and so was mine. When the hand passed from Rungrod into my possession, I did what I had promised. I took a life, my own, no one else's. The fire that is consuming my life destroyed that Ali Pensa hand at long last. 
soon the fire will consume all within and then extinguish. My life shall extinguish with it, and I will pass on to Ainoram. What? Zana? No. Doro cursed me to a life of inaction, to watching the young I care for struggle, to help only by doling out advice when I had counsel to give. In time, I learned to accept and even embrace my curse. I made mine a good life and was blessed with the company of first Jared, then Fesmer, and then Nargan. Next was Shayna, Mike, and, of course, you, Kate, Voluna. Lastly, it brought me my own child, to see her with my own eyes before I passed. Kate, listen to me. You tread an arduous path and will face a great many difficulties. Do not shy away from them as I did. Walk toward them, all of them, with the confidence that whatever choices you make, whatever paths you choose to tread, you do so with my blessing. This isn't fair. I feel like I just found you. I wish we had more time. I thought we did. Yesterday, I was brimming with all these questions I wanted to ask you, and now I can't remember a single one. Fazana, I love you. You have given me the guidance and affection I always wished would come from my own mother. Now that you're in it, I can't imagine my life without you. I believe you know you have captured my heart in a way I thought I would feel about my own child. Though the child of my womb stands outside this door, it is to you, the child of my heart, that my thoughts turn. I hope, Kate, that you can carry that, your first truth, with you always. Hope you can walk tall in Amaranth and Boston, or whatever world in which you find yourself. <laughs> I hope I can too. For myself and for you, Zana, Anishwa. Saba, Saba, child of my heart. Zana, one more thing I remembered. Yes. After Mike fell off the roof, he called Darganane and cast in a favor. He said something about that time in Dandar. What happened there? As a wise woman once said, there are times when the past is best left there. Argo, you always come into my life at unexpected times. I come when you have need of me. Take care of her. Kate, okay. 
Remember always that you can't stand on your own. I'll remember you, Zana. <laughs> Catherine, are you okay? Mike. I am. I am now. Loha Bantlix Perkanai Norum, Bancreb Alex Wolia, Lodonkin, Leminda Fanye. If anyone present would like to speak, I invite you, now, before I return Zana's remains to Laundi, where they will be forever interred in the halls of Drainmer. I will. I did not see you here. Grindy. Zana was. She, she has, she's joined, I know him, and, I do not know anymore what to think. I kept so many secrets, yet never once imagined that she did the same. I thought I knew her so well. I... Dita? No. This is your last chance. She was your mother. Then why was I not her daughter in more than words? No. I would like to say a few words. I didn't write anything. I, uh... It's been difficult these past weeks. I mean... It's fair to say that nothing about this journey has been easy, but especially these past weeks, discovering that things are not as we thought, people are not who we thought. Look, all I know is that she was there for us when we needed her, and when we didn't, she at least made sure we didn't leave hungry. She guided with a gentle hand, and she never passed judgment on our actions, no matter how ill-advised they were. She was gifted with the desire to change the world, and cursed instead to watch others as they struggled to do what she could not. She, uh, oh, I know her. You! Pensa away, meek. Sit down. Sanction. Friends of Shauna, I sincerely regret your loss. Would you allow me to join you? Porik, what are you... That is your brother, Fez? 
Yeah, that's the Brainix we've been chasing for months. Now he just shows up out of nowhere. Something's up, and I want to know why he's here, and why the hell Shauna isn't with him! Mick, this is a place of peace. Respect Zana, and sit down. I have answers, Mike Archer. But it was not my intent to disrupt this moment. If you believe anything, believe that I have respect for the rights of the dead. Senjin, continue. Keith, Senjin, continue. I guess I just want to say that we met Zana at the end of her years. She had a life before us. A life full of love and horrors and happiness and heartache. We came to her with our problems, never assuming she had any of her own. If she seemed to be without flaw, it's because we raised her up, making her seem above us, too far out of reach. I know I did. And when she fell from that dizzying height, we blamed her. We nearly condemned her for being human, for being fallible. She lived her life for us, her children. Our joys brought her happiness, and our failure earned her empathy. She loved us with all her heart, and we loved her in return. That's no small thing. For me, it's everything. Most of you are here today to grieve for Koden, a founding member of the Hunters of Truth. I'm here to grieve for Zana, my friend and mentor. Koden is a piece of Zana's legacy, as is, I guess, the discovery and destruction of the Hand of Doro. That young girl at the tiny farming village might have been thrilled to learn that she'd someday be known the world over for such great things, but for Zana, her greatest achievement was us, her children. We must remember that we are a part of her legacy. We are not perfect. We will struggle and make mistakes, and we will hurt one another. But if we can embrace her flaws and mistakes as we did her counsel, perhaps we can also find a measure of peace in our own truth, as Zana did. Perhaps, finally, we can learn to forgive. Dita, this was once Zana's bow, which she gifted to me. I no longer have need of it, and I believe now that it was always meant to find its way to you. Kate, I do not think... I, I cannot accept... It should remain in the family. Chagrendi, Chagrendi Ophai, for giving me one real thing that was my mother's. Chagrendi, Kate, you truly speak as one who knows truth. Any others? No? Then I shall enter Zana's one question and the answer of Ainorum in the Seeker's Book of Truth.
Why is I norm? Too long I have been idle, standing apart from the world as it proceeds without me. I will not live the lives my parents have. I cannot find contentment with simple things. I seek knowledge. Knowledge known and forgotten. Knowledge to solve the ills of this world. To lead us all into the light. I seek truth. How will I find what I seek? Speak to me in the words of one who knew truth. as I thought. Chagrindio Fai. Zana, are you well? Yes, Targo. Good then. Well, it seems the hour is late. Are you truly ready to leave this place? I am. I am now. Thank you for listening to Second Shift, production of Blue Sky Red Entertainment. Episode 25, Revelation, was written by Missy Serby and John Tanzer and edited by Brandon Cross. It was directed by Ari Herbstman with production assistance from Shelley McCaskill and Christina Mladowicz and was produced by Neil Marsh. The voice actors in order of audience are Alexandria Gist as Catherine, Mike Hunter as Mike, Julia Lunetta as Archon, Ari Herbstman as Fesma, Christina Mladowicz as Dita and Zana, Rennie Boy as Nomusa, Brad Smith as Jedith, Paul Harrington Davis as Targanone, Matt Ringle as Rungrot, Neil Marsh as Tristilopo and Pora, Michael McAfee as Dor. Additional voices were provided by the cast and crew of Second Ship. Audio editing and mastering by Brad Smith. Original music is composed by Tivin Weinstein. The technical producer for Second Shift is Brad Smith, and the administrative producer is Becky Harrington Davis. The creator and executive producer of Second Shift is Andrea Jennifer Schubert. For more information or to join our listener community, please visit our website at secondshiftpodcast.com, part of Podplay Network. The Second Shift Podcast is distributed by Farpoint Media. This episode is dedicated to Julius Herbstman. I love you, Papa. Papa.